This is Juliana McIntosh. And I'm Brad Sutton. And, and this, this is, is The Art, Art of, of Drinking. Drinking. With Join Jules. And your favorite uncle. This is the best home bartending podcast. Where you learn how to make two drinks. A classic. And a twist. Plus a little backstory on the cocktail. So you have an interesting story to tell when you serve your guests. Your home crafted masterpiece. Here we are. Another episode of The Art of Drinking. And this cocktail truly is a art of drinking because it is, when you make it right, God, it's delicious. I love these in the peak of summertime, but there's, in my opinion, there's a right way to do it and there's a wrong way to do it. Brad, what do you think about the piña colada? Yeah, this is a tropical vacation in a glass. Yep. This drink is so good that according to Joan Crawford, it's better than slapping Betty Davis. (laughs) Apparently, they didn't like each other. All right. (laughs) Well. Yeah. For those of you who are like, who's that? That's really old, old actresses. Yeah. This drink is, well, one, it's the national drink of Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. And did you know July 10th is Pina Colada Day? Really? Yeah, so this is perfect, perfect. timing, right? putting it in yes. my calendar. The excuse I needed. <laughs> yep. And when we were in Costa Rica, my son, who was of legal drinking age down there, this was his favorite cocktail. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, the pina colada, though, it's, it's one of those things that I think it gets a bad rap. It does. It's underrated for sure. Totally underrated. But here's what happened is that people started using cheap, crappy ingredients. Mm-hmm. And I think it just... It's just headache sauce, but also kind of indigestion sauce, right? Like it's, right. this thing can get real murky and thick and filling pretty quick. Well, and I'm of the opinion, which I've had people tell me that I do it the wrong way. So let me know your thoughts. But I feel like a lot of people think that this cocktail, kind of like the daiquiri, should be frozen. And anytime I've had a pina colada and I've made it for myself, I've always had it shaken and poured, double-strained over fresh ice cubes, crushed ice. I mean, I don't like my pina coladas frozen. Do you? Well, here's the thing. When I sign up to drink a pina colada, I'm signing up for whatever the bar is putting out. I have had it shaken. I have had it blended. And then we've got the way that I'm making it today, which is completely different. Here's the thing. I, I think blended drinks, they just... They start to melt after a while. Although yeah. in this episode, people are going to be like, well, wait, wait, wait. I actually want to know how to make a pina colada. I'm going to give you a blended pina colada recipe. It's super mm-hmm. quick, super easy. And then we'll get into this deconstructed pina colada. Yeah, Brad, you're taking a play out of my playbook with, the, with well, your recipe. Yeah, this is actually a play out of Death & Co.'s playbook. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so I like the flavors, right? Like mm-hmm. who doesn't like pineapple and coconut? Yeah, so for people who don't know, a pina colada, those are the two flavors. You got your pineapple, you got your coconut, and you have your rum. And so that's really your recipe for success. And that's why when it gets a bad rap, I'm like, why? Mm -hmm. Well, for starters, this thing makes a great mocktail too. Totally. Yeah, if you take the rum out, this thing is still bussing. Yeah, (laughs) 1,000%. Honestly, you could make, I kid you not, a morning protein smoothie that's pina colada flavored inspired. Oh, totally. You know what? Anybody who has a negative thought on a pina colada, I challenge you this week to go out, go to the store and make one the either way that we're doing it and just 
just thank us later is all I'll say. Again, as long as you know what you're signing up for, because if you're going to make it the traditional way, you're going to use that cream of coconut, which is Coco Lopez or Coco Real. Mm -hmm. And that stuff's got a lot of sugar in it. And it's a syrup. Okay. So what? You're having a pina colada. Relax a little bit. You aren't drinking a pina colada because you want to count your calories. Well, see, I think this is where I piss a lot of people off, Brad, is I actually have a really tough time with Coco Lopez. When I was first starting out, I just, I, I remember I looked at the back of the bottle and trust me, hey, don't get me wrong. There's a time and a place. I get it. Don't count calories for sure. But that thing has like, 28 or 32 grams of sugar. And I was like, son of a match. Trust me, trust me, trust me, trust me, trust me. Especially in a cocktail, it's freaking delicious. So I'm not judging you by any means. However, I will say, I like to control my sugar. I like to control my sweetness, especially in cocktails. So my trick for this, and I get into it in my recipe, but my classic pina, which we're not covering today, but it's on my website, I actually use real coconut milk or cream. I like the Mm -hmm. cream, but it separates a little bit more. And uh, simple syrup. So sometimes I'll use just a classic simple syrup. Sometimes I'll use an orja. I like doing it that way because then you can almost play with the syrup that you want and you can add as much or as little as you want. For me, with the Coco Lopez, you're kind of relying on them for that sweetness. And you know what? The only person I can rely on is me right here. That a girl. That a girl. <laughs> yeah. You tell yeah. them. Yes. Yeah. Here's the deal. In today's recipe that I'm so excited to talk about, mm-hmm. I do the same thing. So I use coconut water and Ooh. pineapple infused rum and a little uh, coconut liqueur, which is, by the way, super light. It's not syrupy at all. So the drink that I've made, which I'm already halfway through, and uh, hold on one more sip here. Uh, yes, please. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Merch. Yeah. Do you like that? How I drop those in? I'm trying to. You're so hip. You are so hip. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I think we're all, we've all caught on with our Uncle Brad here with the hipness. You got it. Honestly, you have kids that are younger than me, aka I'm the old one. And so you're technically more hip than me because you hear it more. True. Yeah. Okay, last thing, Brad, I want to get into before we go into making our cocktails is this. I am challenging, it's not really a challenge, but this weekend, I want to make a batch cocktail for this party that I'm going to. And because we were doing the pina colada this week, and I haven't started it yet, so that's why I'm not doing this recipe, but I wanted to let everybody know that I am going to be making a batched, clarified pina colada. I'm really excited about it. I will make sure to share on my Insta and the website, kind of how I do it. And I will leave you with this because it's something I've been working on today with my research. You know how you have milk in the clarified to make it curdle? Uh In the pina colada, you have coconut milk, right? Or you have the coconut cream. So what from my research, you use coconut water and then you use your milk to clarify it. So you still get the coconut flavor. So I'm going to be trying that out with the fresh pineapple juice, lime, Coconut water. Coconut water instead of Coco Lopez is what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Okay, cool. So I will let you know how it turns out, but I'm excited to do that. I'm actually, once we're done recording here, Brad, I'm going to go make some. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I was also thinking for anybody who's like thinking, okay, I'd like to do the clarified one, which I'm totally going to do if that's successful for you. You can totally batch up this cocktail that I'm making today as well. So you could put this thing in a bottle and just have it sitting in your fridge ready to roll. All right, well, let's get into it. I'm excited to hear how you make yours. 
Brad, I'm going to let you take this off. All right. So last week we told you, if you listen to the setup episode, what to go buy. And if you didn't, and you're like, oh my God, I am totally <laughs> underprepared for this pineapple infused situation Brad's about to talk about. Let me help you out real quick. Here's how you make just a regular old pina colada. So six ounces of pineapple juice, three ounces of Coco Real or Coco Lopez. I happen to like Coco Real. No offense, Coco Lopez gang. Mm -hmm. One and a half ounces of light rum. And I like my white rum a little swagger. So I like that three star by plantation. And then one to two cups of crushed ice, or if you want to shake it, go for it. Shake it. It's through. It got a lot of volume here to shake. Mm -hmm. And then you throw that in a blender, zuzz it up, garnish it with a uh, pineapple and a cherry in a nice tall glass. Boom, you're out the door with a pina colada. So there you go. And by the way, I'm sorry, but you have to play the song when you're making this. I just Corny or not, you have to. I was tired of my lady. Okay, let's uh, let's move on. Not Amy. Amy and I have we are we're solid. So if, Amy, if you're listening to this, I know you're <laughs> gonna give me some. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll okay. uh, have pina colada later. I am secure in my relationship. All <laughs> right. So if you did follow instructions last week, then uh, hold on to your lug nuts because this is gonna be a good one. First, you're gonna take your coupe glass, and you are going to stick it in the freezer so it gets nice and chilled. And then you're going to grab your mixing glass. And if you're like Jules, you might even have that mixing glass sitting in the freezer waiting for you, which is kind of nice. It's pro mode, Not yeah. essential, but it's pro. It's good for one or two. All right, so now you're going to grab your mixing glass, you're going to grab a bar spoon, and then you're going to grab your pineapple-infused Rum. And then, Brad, for people who didn't listen to last week's, which go and listen to it, how do you make the pineapple infused rum? Can you just run it back real quick? Yeah, you take a pineapple and you're going to cut that up. So you want to get the brown stuff off the edge and definitely take the top off. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to slice it into chunks and you are going to add that to an airtight container. And then you are going to pour your Diplomatico white rum, or if you want to go get Florida Cana extra dry, that's fine too. That's what Death & Company likes to use. But I use Diplomatico. Totally fine. Both taste delicious. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to let that sit for five days. Count them. One, two, three, four, five days. And after five days, you're going to take that little concoction. You are going, And by the way, it's been sealed for five days and hopefully out of the sunlight. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to pour that back into your bottle if you want or some other vessel if you'd like. Mm -hmm. And boom, you now have pineapple infused Do you rum. think you could eat the pineapple, boozy? I tried. Yeah. Uh-oh. I mean, Too it's strong? aggressive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, it's pretty strong. Yeah. I mean, look, 20-year-old me, <laughs> I have been <laughs> snacking on that. Yeah. Like you wouldn't believe. You know what I would do? I would actually take those chunks and blend it with just a little fresh pineapple juice to make like a rum puree. Oh, yeah, totally. So. Not a good idea. All right, I've interrupted enough. No, that's right. I felt bad ditching the pineapple chunks. Trust me, I was I was like, there's yeah. there's there's a story here. <laughs> there's something to be had. Yeah. <laughs> there's 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 some developments that could be afoot. All right. Now you're going to take two ounces of your pineapple infused rum that goes in your mixing glass over a nice big chunk of ice or ice cubes if you if you want. And then you're gonna add an ounce and a half of coconut water. Then you're gonna add a teaspoon of Kalani coconut liqueur. Mm. If you have rum haven, same thing. It's just, it's a coconut rum-based liqueur. It's 
not thick. It's okay. it's super light. Yum. And then you're going to take a half a teaspoon of cane sugar syrup. So simple syrup, all right? Yeah. Now, I will be transparent with you and say that I didn't care for just a half a teaspoon of the cane simple syrup. I upped that okay. to a quarter ounce because it just, it, th- th- I felt like the drink needed a little weight. It didn't have any weight whatsoever. It was really, mm. really light and didn't have great mouthfeel, if I can okay. say that. Yeah. All right. Then you're going to take your Angostura bitters, one dash, kapoink, right into the mixing glass, and you're going to stir that baby up. And then you are going to strain it into your chilled coupe glass, no garnish. And if you wanted to batch this, let me tell you, this thing batches really, really well. Yeah, I bet you you could like put it in your, like make a big batch, put it back in the bottle, Mm -hmm. have it in your freezer. So here's what I would do if I was going to do that though. I would first make the drink as I just described it. Yeah. Decide what tweaks you want to make to it because I, I admittedly I was I had high hopes and then I had this and I was like, hmm, it just needs a little something. Totally. Don't get me wrong. This drink smacks of pina colada. <laughs> like it just is so pina colada, but without all of the heaviness of the coconut cream. Damn, that sounds delicious. Oh my God, it is so good. Jules, what you got? Okay, so one of my most viral, and I think I released the recipe last year, it's on the top list of most viral recipe videos. I did an Aperol coconut margarita last year, and that really took off. Yeah, it was so good. So I was like, you know what? We're using coconut again, and I love Aperol. Why don't we add it together? So Really and truly, I'm just adding a little bitter element with that Aperol, but it's still sweet because Aperol is the sweeter version, I feel like, of an Italian bitter liqueur. And it plays really well. And it also kind of gives it like this pinkish, slightly orange hue. It goes away from like that traditional yellow that you see. So it kind of just, it gives a little something. So this is super easy. If you know how to make a pina colada that's shaken, this is going to be a no-brainer. And if you follow me, I know you have Aperol. So super easy. Let's put it together. All you need to do in your cocktail shaker is add an ounce and a half of rum. Now, I will say the video that I'll be posting, I used a dark rum, which is so delicious. Three quarters of an ounce of Aperol. Then you're going to do an ounce of coconut cream or coconut milk. This needs to come from the can. I personally like the cream because it is creamier, but it it definitely will separate. I feel like the coconut milk incorporates a little bit better. A brand, if you're looking, is like Thai Kitchen. It's in the Asian section of the supermarket, probably on the bottom shelf. Always go with a can. I just feel like the can's better. So an ounce of that. We're going to do an ounce and a half of fresh pineapple juice, half ounce of lime juice, so literally half a lime. And then I did a half ounce of orja just to kind of give it a little juice. You could also use like a demerara oh. here. I just think like the darker syrups are- God, oh. I love orja. Yeah, yeah. Shake that up. Shake that baby up. And then double strain it over some fresh ice. I use like the little pebble ice, which keeps it nice and cold. Now I will say, this is a hot take, but I always do a garnish with a lime wheel, a pineapple, but what I always do is I always freshly grate some nutmeg on there. I just, there's something about it. You know what I love about that? That is that is tiki. That is I know. straight up Caribbean islands. That's like the Caribbean islands special and right there. And you smell the it nutmeg. too, right? Like, yeah. oh, 
Come on, Mm -hmm. get me to a tiki bar stat. Yeah, that's what slaps you in the face when you walk in there is all those spices, specifically nutmeg. There you go. That's it. That's my bitter pina colada. All right. So I'm totally going to make that. I, I dig I dig everything that you just said. And I have used Thai Kitchen's coconut yeah. milk before mm-hmm. versus going with a Coco Lopez or a Coco Real because I think that's important to point out because I think people get confused. Yeah. So there's the stuff that's made for cocktails and then there's the stuff that's made for the the dishes curry. that you're going to put out, <laughs> you know, like curry. Yeah, yeah like, a, you know, if you're going to make a Thai meal or, or, you know, whatever. And I did it with, I think it was a blood orange margarita. Oh, coconut oh yeah, margarita. yeah, yeah, yeah. The oh blood God, orange coconut like margarita. Freaking on A, it was stunning looking. And B, it was so good. Well, and I tell you what, I tell you what, if, if you are dead set on the Coco Lopez, hey, more power to you, that's fine. I do think the coconut milk from the can it's just the flavor there is yeah. it's you're getting what you're asking for and it's it's no added sweetener too so you can play with that if you like it sweeter you can the journey's up to you but trust me when i say don't underestimate the piña colada it's freaking delicious yeah get back out there get back out there and get yourself a piña colada don't yeah. uh, don't poo poo the colada totally but brad do we have a history lesson with this one Yeah, we got a little brief history on the old pina colada. So let's get into that. All right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. So give me the give me the lowdown. Give me the family history on the pina colada. In the beginning, Jules. Oh. There were pineapples, there were coconuts, and there was rum. So do you know where Pineapples, coconuts, and rum all originated. And by the way, not the same place. You know what? I'm going to just go with the safe answer and just say no. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, when you think about a coconut. I mean, like the Caribbean, right? For sure. Yeah. But the origin of the coconut is actually two places. So somebody did a DNA research whole thing on the coconuts. And coconuts come from two different places in the world, mm. but have traveled all over the world. Okay, so, I'm on the edge of my seat. Where are they from? Southeast Asia. Yeah, Southeast Asia Ooh. is one variety of coconut, and the other variety came from the southern tip of India. Okay, yeah, I could see Coconuts that. made their way all around the world because of trade, and so Southeast Asian coconuts got traded all the way over to Central America, Mexico, Panama, and kind of the western edges of South America, and and I'm sure western edges of, of North America too. Southeast Asian coconuts went that way. Indian coconuts went up to the Middle East, into Africa, and then, of course, from Africa came over to the West Indies, which is the Caribbean. And so the West Indies, just so you know, that stretches everywhere from the southern part of North America all the way up to the northern part of South America, which is the Caribbean. Here's something interesting. Coconuts are super, super resilient when they're in the water, meaning 
if a ship goes down and there's thousands of coconuts aboard, coconuts float their way along until they run into land and then they get on land. Maybe one of them finds their way into a little nice soft spot to plant and then boom, up pops a coconut tree, which was the case in North America in a town called Lake Worth, Florida in 1878. A ship went down out at sea Mm -hmm. and thousands of coconuts washed up on the beach in this town. And the the settlers decided to take the coconuts and plant them Mm -hmm. all around this town. And that town changed its name to Palm Beach, Florida. Okay. Yeah. So they got their name from coconuts that washed up on shore. And then people are like, hey, let's sell these. This happened all over the Caribbean and all the islands... Mexico got it from the east. They got it from the west. And so coconuts are a Caribbean thing, no doubt. But it started out in Southeast Asia Mm. in the southern part of India. Before Palm Beach, Florida got its name, coconuts were being shipped over in the mid-1500s. And so they're coming across. And it turns out coconuts are an excellent source of hydration. So they're plentiful on ships where water would often become tainted. And so that's why they traveled with alcohol and coconuts. I mean, this is, we've talked about this before. So, okay, we've got coconuts on board. Now let's talk about pineapples. Now, where do you think pineapples originated from? Oh, geez, Brad, I'm going back to history class. That's all right. I mean, I don't don't know if anybody ever taught me this in history. Pineapples were probably from, also the Caribbean is going to be my guess. Yeah, you know what? You're pretty close. I always thought like pineapples came from Hawaii. Oh, okay. Yeah. Researchers, again, somebody was like, hey, you know what? I want to know where a pineapple comes from. So they nailed the area down to, at least they believe they have. It's where in South America, where Argentina, Paraguay, and Brazil all come together. They believe that is where the original pineapple had started. And then they started to spread their way around the region and the islands, thanks to indigenous tribes like the Carib and the Taino which were long before the Europeans set foot in sand. However, when the Europeans did arrive and they soon found an appreciation for the pina, which is pineapple in Spanish, they started putting pineapples on board. Now, aside from disease, slavery, and religious oppression, the Europeans also brought (laughs) sugarcane to the Caribbean, as well as distillation. And so it wasn't long before sugarcane juice and molasses started to get distilled into Kill Devil. And this was the original name for rum. And so we're talking now the mid 1600s. Yeah. So we've got coconuts, we've got pineapples, and we've got rum in plentiful quantities in the region and of course on board ships. So we all know sailors like their rum, right? And some of you may know that rum used to taste like shit. (laughs) So... They would flavor it with anything they could, right? And so it makes sense that maybe things started to kind of coalesce into these combinations coming together. Yeah. Enter Roberto Confresi y Ramirez de Arlaño, a.k.a. El Pirata Confresi. So Confresi was a pirate from Puerto Rico. And his family was of nobility. They had, it was a noble family. They're important people, right? Rich Mm -hmm, people. mm -hmm. Not really, they weren't rich. Because of political and economic challenges faced by the island as a result of the Spanish empire during the Latin American wars of independence meant that his house was actually poor. 
So Confressi worked at sea from an early age and eventually he became a pirate because it made more money than probably working a ship. He was kind of a famous pirate in the fact that he was like a Robin Hood. He would steal from the rich and then he would give to the poor, which made it really difficult for him to get captured because the locals, the people who he gave money to, would hide him from uh, from the authorities when they came looking for him. Good buddies, yeah. Yeah, they come looking for pirates. I don't know a pirate here, man. I don't know. Don't know a single pirate. Confessi, never heard of him. I'm not a rat. Never oh, you mean a the rat. pirate? No, don't never know heard a rat. Of him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So one day, Confessi, who sounds like a pretty great guy, wants to boost the morale of his troops. So he takes rum, he takes pineapple, and he takes coconut water, puts them together, serves it to his sailors. They love it. They all yar and cheer. And I don't know if sailors high-five back then, but I know I would be. Probably, yeah. Yeah, and life was good. But he took the recipe, which doesn't really sound that complicated. He took the recipe to his grave after he was eventually executed because somebody figured out how to find him and boom. no. There is a statue of him in Puerto Rico. So if you want to go see Confressi, you can. Now, Confressi is gone, and so is the recipe for his secret concoction of three ingredients. Mm -hmm. In 1922, Travel Magazine talks about a pina colada in Cuba, which is made, quote, from the juice of a perfectly ripe pineapple, rapidly shaken with ice, sugar, and lime, and Bacardi rum in delicate proportions. So basically, they just described a pineapple daiquiri, They Mm -hmm. called it a pina colada, which pina colada actually means strained pineapple, by the way. Oh, interesting. Which, by the way, I made a pineapple daiquiri for tea money using, remember Devin from Leva Spirits? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You you got a bottle of her rum. Oh, Which is super great. It's like gone, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, it totally cashed it, right? Yeah. Made it with that. It was like lights out, like tea started convulsing in delicious splendor. <laughs> so good. It's so good. Yes. Yeah, I had a few in me that night, so I'm still trying to recreate the proportions. So they they talk about this, but what's missing is the coconut, right? Mm-hmm. So where's the coconut? So the modern pina colada comes down to three bartenders. But first, let's talk about Mr. Coco Lopez. It's not Mr. Coco Lopez. Let's talk about Coco Lopez. Okay. Coco Lopez in 1948 was an invention by scientist, Puerto Rican scientist, Ramon Lopez Irizarry. And he came up with a process to extract coconut cream from the pulp of a coconut. And he did this by blending the hearts with sugar and it was blended and with a little water at a certain Mm -hmm. temperature and boom, he develops Coco Lopez. Within a few years, the island of Puerto Rico was just overrun by this stuff because Mm -hmm. people were putting it in everything and drinks and food on their Cheerios. I mean, Coco Lopez was everywhere. So naturally, it's probably going to end up in some rum drinks. It was already being mixed with pineapple, which again, we talked about the pina colada without the rums, a great mocktail. All right. So now let's talk about some facts. Now we got another Ramon, Ramon Perez who was a bartender at the Caribe Hilton Hotel's Beachcomber Bar in San Juan. He said he invented the pina colada having gotten the idea of the already mixed and established rum and pineapple combination from Cuba. But now he's like, you know what? I'm going to add in some Coco Lopez and take out the lime. Boom. So now you got the pina colada. However, he's got a colleague working at the same bar. 
And his colleague, Ricardo Garcia, says, nah, man, I invented <laughs> the pina colada. Fast forward a few years to 1963, Ramon Mingo or Mingat, also Puerto Rican. It's also our third Ramon, M-I-N-G-O-T. Mingat, Mingo. I don't know. Yeah. You decide. How would you say it? Mingo? Mingo. Yeah. Names are hard. Names are hard. So he was a bartender at Barachina restaurant in Old San Juan. And he said, no, no, I, <laughs> I'm the guy that invented the pina colada. Now, I got to say this. No freaking way. Because I'm sorry. He is like so late to the game right now that he's probably just laying claim to it because he hadn't heard of the pina colada, yet, which I don't even know how it's possible. But you be the judge. Those are the facts. Nobody knows for sure who did it. And each one of those places, the Hilton's doubly successful because they're like, yeah, no, we had two bartenders that said they made it. But they, I think they give the credit to Ramon. The Bar- Barachina, which still stands, they say this is the birthplace of the, the pina colada. Wow. Whatever you decide is the case, know this, that is, it is for sure a Puerto Rican invention. So wherever it came from, whether it was the pirate whether it was the the two Ramones or or the other fella, it's a Puerto Rican cocktail. Yeah, that's what matters. And that just means I need to go and get one made in Puerto Rico. I've I want I've never been to Puerto Rico. I totally want to go. Me it's, I, everybody tells me it's totally my vibe. So I'm Yeah, I mean, I just went to Florida recently and man, that blew my socks off too. So I like it over there. I like the heat. Wait, had you not been to Florida before the Formula One race? I went to I went to Orlando for a second. Yeah. But that doesn't yeah. count. I didn't see the beach. No, Miami is like a totally different world. It's a vortex of <laughs> whatever Dickens. you want. Insanity. <laughs> totally. But you know, I didn't get a pina colada there, so I'm going to have to go back and more specifically go to Puerto Rico and god, that just sounds good. You know what's great in Miami is there's this place called Versailles. Yeah. And it's a Cuban restaurant. The Food there is out freaking standing. So if you ever find yourself in Miami, specifically around the Miami Beach area, I think it was the Miami Beach area. No, I think it was about 20 minutes. Go to Versailles? You got to go to Versailles. Yep. And it's totally affordable. Like it's not even expensive. Damn. All right. Well, there you go. I think you got a great tip for us today, don't you? I do. I do. I have a great tip. All right. It is time for a quick tip for today's episode. Brad, I have a pretty good tip. So I think I'm going to take this today. And my tip is if you've ever wondered how to make tiki flames, tiki fires, fire in your cocktail, I've got you covered. I've done trial and error. And I think I know an easy way to do it. So you can too. But I will Start this tip section by saying, when you're using fire, make sure you're responsible in a controlled environment and you're doing your fire safety, okay? This is alcohol and fire, so just be careful. I'm totally picturing somebody making tiki fire with like somebody standing next to him with a fire extinguisher. I know. I know. I just don't want people I mean, to get hurt. I mean, not like gasoline on fire, right? I know, but I I would hate for somebody to say, now you started a house fire. Jules Thank told you. me that I should make fire in my drink and I burnt my eyebrows off and my house burned down and hey, now I'm going to sue. That could happen. <laughs> that could happen. 
But none of you are going to do that because you are going to be safe and smart. <laughs> hopefully you're competent adults. <laughs> Jesus. But really, this is super easy. And Brad, I don't know. Have you ever done fires in your cocktail? I've been known to light a cocktail on fire a few times. <laughs> Perfect. You betcha. Okay. And I'm not just taking after I pour it in the glass. I'm talking like after it's in the glass. Okay. Well, keep me honest here then, Brad. Here's, here's what I've done. What you're going to want is you're going to want an overproof rum. 151 is great here. You're going to want one of those sugar cubes. If you're making old fashions, you know exactly what I mean. Quite literally, a cube of sugar. And then you're going to want a lime. So what you do, and I haven't done it with a lime wheel. I've seen it done with a lime wheel. What I like to do is I like to get a lime, cut it in half, squeeze out the juice so it makes a bowl. Now, you can do it two different ways. You can literally squeeze it out and press around it so it's like a bowl shape, or you can flip it inside out so it's the skin side. So whichever way you want to do it, I like to flip it so you don't get any of that pith in there and nothing interfering. I like to have the skin, the outside, be the bowl. So all you have to do is flip it. Then what you're going to want to do, you'll have your cocktail, you'll put it on your glass, and then you're going to put the sugar cube in the bowl, your lime bowl that you made. From there, you're going to add in a little bit of that overproof rum on top. So you don't want to soak it, but just a little. And then what I do is I take a torch. I don't use a match. I use my torch because I have it. And I light that baby on fire. And trial and error, I've had some that work like almost immediately. I've had some that need a little bit more rum. So just kind of play with, with how it's working for you. But to get that spicy little fire effect, what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to get some fresh ground cinnamon, put it in your fine mesh strainer, and you're going to want to, when the fire is ignited on your lime, you're going to want to, over the top, just slightly tap that fine mesh strainer with ground cinnamon in it. And that's when you're going to get that flame, that tiki flame, the smell, that whole, yeah. you know, scene. That's how it works. Nice. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I'm totally going. I'm going to go do that here you soon. Like, wait, you guys like totally, you guys were rocking that with some of those books, some of those cocktails that's going to be in your, that was in your Halloween book. That yeah. was a beautiful book. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's pretty awesome. I'm going to do that. Stop, drop, and roll, huh? Yeah. Okay. Did I do that okay? What do you think? <laughs> I thought you did it fine. Yeah. I think there's lots of ways to light a cocktail on fire, and that's one way I'm going to use this weekend. Yeah. So there you go. Perfect. Well, there you go. Now you have the recipes for success to have a pineapple coconut filled weekend. And you, I promise all of you that are listening, you don't need to, but if you want to, you can just thank us later. And by the way, if you're thinking about thanking us later, do us a favor. Why don't you go ahead and write a review and tell us how we're doing. Mm -hmm. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, give us a little rating and maybe a comment or even come see us on our Instagram page. On the Insta, as Brad says. Yeah. On the Instas. On the Instas. Hard of drinking. Well, there you have it. Cheers, Uncle Brad. Cheers, Jules, and thank you, everyone, for listening to the show. Don't worry. We will have the photos and recipes for today's cocktails on the website, joinjules.com. And if you got questions or comments for us, hit us up on the Insta at The Art of Drinking Podcast. And of course, find Jules at Join Jules or Cigars and Vino. That's me also on the Insta. And hey, subscribe to my cocktail club on Facebook. All you'll need to do is search Join Jules Cocktail Club and there you'll see what other cocktail enthusiasts are shaking up. 
This is a Red Rock Music Podcast. Don't forget, subscribe, like, and review The Art of Drinking with Join Jules and your favorite uncle wherever you get your podcasts.